0: Welcome back to the Hemingway this podcast. Yet again, book 10, chapter 31. What did you make of Pierre's role in the battle? Did he behave as you expected? What did you think of Pierre talking to the soldiers? What effect do you think he had on them there? He was kind of like a mascot to them. Their um their little mascot gentleman. And I think he might have had a good effect on them. Boosted their morale somewhat. Reading this chapter, I was reminded of Pierre's interactions with the peasants earlier in the novel. Did you notice parallels? If so, what do you think it says about Pierre and how much he has grown? Rahul the Invader says, Pierre, here, in a way, reminds me of the dude from The Big Lebowski, so is bereft of presence that even the possibility of mortal danger doesn't cross his mind. From the narrative standpoint, Pierre's presence allows us to see the action closely. His behavior is quiet, quite what we expected from him. Four Lost Souls in a Bowl says, oh my god, it's Pierre Gump. This guy is 100% adjacent to history without any clue where he is or how he got there. Adjutant Dan, you got no arms. Brett Peterson said, I really enjoyed this chapter because as a modern field artillery officer, it's interesting to see what changes and what doesn't. Reading about Pierre reminds me of watching Mr. Bean. I never like that type of character because I empathize with them. And feel embarrassed for them as they fumble through the various situations in which they are placed. Well, it's an exciting chapter. I think Pierre actually mm, proves himself somewhat useful, and so he doesn't really embarrass himself too badly. Um, to start off with, he's just you know a buffoon in the way, but by the end of it, he's kind of like they seem to be glad he's there to some degree. Um, It's a miracle he's not dead. He just was inches away from being blown up by an, uh, an ammunition box, and yet, he's still kicking. Chapter 32. Beside himself with terror, Pierre jumped up and ran back to the battery, as to the only refuge from the horrors that surrounded him. On entering the earthwork, he noticed that there were men doing something there, but that no shots were being fired from the battery. He had no time to realize who these men were. He saw the senior officer lying on the earth wall with his back turned as if he were examining something down below, and that one of the soldiers he had noticed before was struggling forward shouting brothers and trying to free himself from some men who were holding him by the arm. He also saw something else that was strange. But he had not time to realize that the colonel had been killed, that the soldier shouting brothers was a prisoner and that another man had been bayoneted in the back before his eyes. For hardly had he run into the redoubt before a thin, sallow-faced, perspiring man in a blue uniform rushed on him, sword in hand, shouting something, instinctively guarding against the shock, for they had been running together at full speed before they saw one another. Pierre put out his hands and seized the man, a French officer, by the shoulder with one hand and by the throat with the other. The officer, dropping his sword, seized Pierre by his collar. For some seconds they gazed with frightened eyes at one another's unfamiliar faces, and both were perplexed at what they had done and what they were to do next. Am I taken prisoner, or have I taken him prisoner? Each was thinking. But the French officer was evidently more inclined to think he had been taken prisoner because Pierre's strong hand impelled. instinctive fear, squeezed his throat even tighter and tighter. The Frenchman was about to say something when, just above their heads, terrible and low, a cannonball whistled, and it seemed to Pierre that the French officer's head had been torn off. So swiftly had he ducked it. Pierre, too, bent his head and let his hands fall without further thought as to who had taken whom prisoner. The Frenchman ran back to the battery, and Pierre ran down the slope, stumbling over the dead and wounded, who it seemed to him caught at his feet. But before he reached the foot of the knoll, he was met by a dense crowd of Russian soldiers who, stumbling, tripping up and shouting, ran merrily and wildly toward the battery. This was the attack for which Ermolov claimed the credit, declaring that only his courage and good luck made such a feat possible. It was the attack in which he was said to have thrown some St. George's crosses he had in his pocket into the battery for the first soldiers to take who got there. The French who had occupied the battery, fled, and our troops, shouting hurrah, pursued them so far beyond the battery that it was difficult to, cu- to call them back. The prisoners were brought down from the battery, and among them was a wounded French general whom the officers surrounded. Crowds of wounded, some known to Pierre and some unknown, Russians and French with faces distorted by suffering, walked, crawled, and were carried on stretches from the battery. Pierre again went up onto the knoll where he had spent over an hour, and of that family circle which had received him as a member, he did not find a single one. There were many dead whom he did not know, but some he recognized. The young officer still sat in the same way, bent double, in a pool of blood at the edge of the earth wall. The red-faced man was still twitching, but they did not carry him away. Pierre ran down the slope once more. Now they will stop it. Now they will be horrified at what have they have done. He thought, aimlessly going toward a crowd of stretcher bearers moving from the battlefield. But behind the veil of smoke, the sun was still high, and in front, and especially to the left, near Smolensk—so sorry, near Semenovsk—something seemed to be seething in the smoke, and the roar of cannon and musketry did not diminish, but even increased to desperation, like a man who is straining himself shrieks with all his remaining strength. Alright, here we go. The horrors of war, Pierre is experiencing firsthand. Have your say on the subreddit. Thanks for listening and I'll catch it tomorrow.